0: All right. So we are back with episode number three of The
1: Bridge, a Brooklyn Mets podcast. What's going on? Back at it again. Uh with my host, Scott Grossman. I'm Stephen Bressler, bringing you uh, all the Nets information on what's going on, what do you want
0: to get into? So on this podcast today, we are going to talk everything Nets. We will go over everything that happened this past week, review our predictions, which were not too good. And um, yeah, we'll just bring you all Nets coverage, whether it's Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, a lot going around this on around this team. Not a lot of it's good, but uh, yeah, we will. We're excited to bring you this episode today. All right, so let's get into it. So, last podcast we each gave predictions for the four games that would happen this week. Um, we failed to. Recognized at the time that Kyrie Irving was not going to be able to play in that game in right. Toronto, so um,
1: that's not on us. It is on us, but <laughs> it, it was it was a tricky situation, it at least for me. I didn't I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I know Toronto had different rules too.
0: So I had predicted that the Nets were going to go three and one on the week with a loss to the Raptors for that home game, where I knew that Kyrie was not going to be playing. Uh, Steve was a little bit better when two for two
1: two and two um, not great yeah but the nets flipped. let's just say we overrated how, how quickly this team would come together it's yeah gonna, it's gonna take a little bit of time
0: um unfortunately this team is starting to run out of time as we uh, get to playoff time in the next month true. or so got about 15 to 20 games left on the season yep hoping that ben simmons will be able to play sometime in the next couple weeks that this team could get a little experience playing with each other before the playoffs. Right. Also something that we can't ignore. The Nets are now the ninth seed in the East. Mm-hmm. The playoffs aren't even a guarantee anymore. Like this team, the mm-hmm. time is exactly. running out for them to like figure it out. They need to figure it out now to secure their playoff spot in the next
1: couple weeks. And right. yeah. We're uh, we're filming this the day after today's Monday. It is Monday, right? Today is Monday. We're filming this um, a day after the Celtics game. So you want to talk about? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna get in a few thoughts on that. Yeah. I actually actually thought they played pretty well. It was just the reason why we lost, in my opinion, was um, you know defensive just defensive mishaps and not not being it just didn't look like we had the chemistry done on defense and the communication wasn't there. Um also having Ben Simmons on JC Tatum who went crazy. He had 54 I think, right? Yeah around the I low. mean that's that's just unacceptable. You can't have you know that's half their Anyone. team's points. <laughs> yeah. So like um I think getting Ben Simmons back will definitely help that. But I actually as far as like just talking about offense right now, I was pretty pleased actually. I thought I thought they moved the ball pretty well. Everyone was getting involved. I kind of liked I, I, I wish Cam Thomas definitely got some more minutes compared to um, uh, a couple of the other yeah. real players. Well, hopefully
0: that injury doesn't keep him out very long. Right, yesterday. he did get
1: injured. Uh, he uh, did contusion. get injured. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought they played like – I thought it was some of the best chemistry I've seen on offense in a little bit. It was it was definitely more pleasing to watch. Durant, Durant was insane. Yeah. So Ky- Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, you know, being in Boston, you expected there – to be, a, it's not a normal game for him, obviously. Like, the fans are getting rowdy. And you, I saw a bit of him, like, laughing at them, uh, chanting, you know, FU Kyrie, whatever it was. Uh, Tatum telling them all to settle down. So, obviously, tricky game for him. But uh I think it's something to build off of, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, so, let me ask you, as you're a former basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or current if you uh, count intramural basketball, but... Um, I do go little crazy. He, he does. He does. <laughs> um, do you think that the Nets defensive issues will be sorted out by, one, Ben Simmons coming back, and two just the fact that it's the regular season and in the playoffs, they're going to be able to turn up, or do you think that there's a fundamental issue with their defense that is going to
1: persist and like could be a reason yeah. uh, for struggles in the postseason? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I will say, I think, I think Ben Simmons helps a lot. That is a premier perimeter. You know, he could, he could guard positions one through five pretty much and lock down someone's best player um, on any given night, which is obviously you can't replace that. So that's huge. Also, um, the Nets, I will say when Drummond's in the game, like we've, we don't have a big man that could do everything, right? When you get Claxton in, we struggle a bit on the boards, but he can, he can switch on anyone. When Drummond's in the game, it's the reverse. Mm-hmm. He can't really switch on a guard, but he rebounds the ball well. So like an Aldridge, I guess not much defensively, right? But good offensive player. Right. So our big men are definitely, we, we don't have a, a stud, um, we don't have like a top five center in the league that can do everything for us in the middle. So that's mm-hmm. always going to be a struggle, but we just, I think, I think a big part of it is just having a, um, I mean, I think Durant's going to ramp up his defense in the, in the playoffs. for sure. Yeah, Last he, year he was just blocking everything at the rim. It was, it was really good to see. Um, yeah. Much. Yeah. I mean, you just got to hope that everyone just kind of ramps up the intensity a little bit come playoff time. But as you were saying before, there's, you know, it's almost like it's playoff time. Now you got to, You got to start winning games Mm -hmm. if you want to have a chance and you can't, you can't be, I mean, I would be stunned if this team missed the playoffs. That would be the most disappointing season by any sports team ever. Ever. Probably. (laughs) And I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. There's a lot of time, you know, Durant. what is it? Durant's second game back. Yeah. So like first one was that without Kyrie. Right. So that's the first game everyone together. Good Celtics team on the road, barely lost. Um, I don't think it's time to hit the pan, but I said it last week, once Durant gets back, I think everyone's going to kind of forget about our troubles like pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even though we haven't won yet, I think it's gotten a lot better. I expect results to turn around soon as the, as the schedule goes on. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: Um, I think that this past week was really unfortunate to get zero wins. Uh, They the Celtics—they were leading for a while in the third quarter, even for some time in the fourth. Um, same with the Heat game; the Nets were leading for much of the game. Against the Raptors, they had a lead uh, in that. Um, sorry, in that game in Toronto, they had a lead pretty late in the fourth as well. Right. Um, do you think that they have an issue with closing games, or was it just an unlucky week?
1: Like, I think it all comes back to the fact that this team is kind of just put together on the fly. It takes time to learn how to win no matter how good you are individually. So um, I think that's just kind of a thing you got to hope that comes with time and time is not on this team side right now. So it's got to be turnaround quick, which I think it can with, you know, having talent does help accelerate that process. So you just got to hope it turns around faster than it doesn't. Okay. I agree. Let me ask you
0: one more question about, uh, the past week of games, Uh, who do you think has been the most impressive role player in this time? So anyone besides Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, Durant, essentially.
1: um, hmm. I'm between a couple people, you know, I'll give it, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Bruce Brown. Yeah. He's, he deserves some recognition. He he does. He does. And it, can we talk about how underrated his like shooting is now? He, yeah, he's. I'm pretty confident he's gonna knock down an open three almost every time. Though it's yeah. like really, really an improvement to his game, and he just, um, when he when he's in the right role, when he doesn't have to play center for us, and he gets to play an actual like wing player and he can kind of do his own thing and scrap on defense, get boards, and he's always. You know, Kyrie knows he's always cutting to the basket when he's driving, so I I feel like he's like a anyone's best friend on the team you know he's always gonna look for the ball look to help on defense it's just definitely a but li- definitely not a liability having him on the floor in a yeah. lot of situations yeah he can- uh, so yeah okay.
0: as as good as he was last season his lack of perimeter shooting right is always a drawback and like today's nba you kind of got to have at least like four guys that on the floor at all times that can shoot from three. At least a threat. Yeah, to, yeah. At, at least something that like the defense has to watch out for. Right. And as good as Bruce Brown was last season, he really wasn't able to provide that. I believe he shot like thirty percent from under three and really didn't attempt, yeah. attempt many because he just didn't have the confidence in his stroke.
1: His light package is going crazy. Yeah. This year. It,
0: Between Bruce Brown and Kyrie Irving, the Nets could have two of the best. Kyrie must have given him like a clinic in the offseason (laughs) or something. It's crazy. Yeah, must have. Um, So, yeah, it really is great to see Bruce Brown playing at a high level again. Hopefully he can maintain this level of play for the rest of the regular season and going into the postseason. Um, Another role player that I wanted to touch on with how impressed I've been has been Seth Curry. Yeah, I was
1: between Bruce Brown and Seth yeah. Curry for sure.
0: Yeah, Seth. Um, I mean, obviously I'd watched Seth a decent amount throughout his career. I follow the NBA a lot. Right. watched a lot of him on the 76ers and even before that. But um, I – so I knew that he was one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. But his playmaking has really struck me by surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, like he's – more of a floor general than I expected. I thought that he would work best as more of an off-ball guy. But um, when the Nets are sitting their starters and Seth is leading that second unit, I feel like he's done a really good job of getting everyone involved, making the right pass, finding the cutting guys when it's necessary, creating his own looks when he can. And, yeah, overall, I just think that Seth is – an awesome backup point guard, which before I thought he would just provide some shooting for this team. Right. I mean, he is versatile. I mean, he's got the name
1: Curry on the back of his jersey. Yeah. So, like, it's – you know, I mean, I'm not he, – he's definitely developed it a lot since he came – when he came in the league, I think he was just mainly a spot-up shooter, but he's really taken this game to the next level in the past few years. Um, yeah, I mean, his playmaking ability is really – it's it's pretty it's pretty clear how much he's improved on that, which is huge. A lot of people definitely sleep on that. Yeah, but he's uh, he's definitely more than just a shooter. We are not sleeping anymore, <laughs> and
0: uh, someone that we never sleep on, Kevin Durant.
1: Just how good is this guy? <laughs> it's like we I think we we're talking about it during the game the other day. We said he, he he I think we gave up a few buckets in a row. We didn't score a few times in a row. Whatever, Celtics run a run. We just give Durant the ball. Just like hesitates, just pulls up from mid range. No, there's no play drawn. It's just one on one, just playing. And we're just like, all right, that's nice to like lean back on. Yeah. It's just it's it's almost like a glitch. <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy.
0: That's exactly that. And um, the playoffs intensity ramps up. Defenses mm-hmm. get more focused. Uh, it gets tougher to get buckets. And sometimes, just like your normal offense will stall over the course of a game, like that's very right. likely to happen at some point. So, just being able to have Kevin Durant, who can get his shot at any time, at any moment, uh, on your team when you're struggling, is just so beneficial. And hopefully, they get to the playoffs. And when they do, I'm sure that teams are going to be absolutely terrified of the fact that Kevin Durant is broken out.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Kevin Durant at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I think he reminded everyone he's back. <laughs> yeah. Nets fans
0: are thinking whoever uh, their God is every day that Kevin Durant is a Brooklyn Net and that he signed that contract extension before the season where they've had all these difficulties, hardships. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree hundred percent. Um so the uh, you want to get into the game tomorrow night? Okay. So um, I was just looking ahead at the schedule. They got the Hornets tomorrow night on on the road. So Kyrie will be playing. Kyrie will be playing, and what makes this matchup interesting? It could, as of right now, if the if the season ends today, it would this would be the play matchup: And Nets versus the Hornets. Really? Yeah. at, at in Charlotte because they're the eight seed and we're the nine seed right now. So a little bit of a preview, perhaps. Hopefully not, because hopefully we'll be in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, no, pretty – should be pretty interesting game, I'd say. Hornets are definitely a sneaky team. They're a lot of good players. So we've talked about the Nets' uh,
0: defensive struggles recently. Really? How do you think the Nets match up versus the Hornets, both in a preview for this game and also as a potential yeah. playoff preview?
1: Hmm. So the Hornets – They're such a young, fast team, Mm -hmm. like, to get up and down the floor a lot. Um, I think their youth definitely is an advantage for us. I feel like like we could take advantage of that, just their experience of not having been there in the playoffs Mm -hmm. when we have guys that have, you know, won championships, like Durant, Kyrie, Patty Mills. Um, There's probably more I'm not even thinking of right now. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely an advantage, first of all. Um, Aldridge has been in the playoffs for, Right, a lot yeah. It's, it's uh Same with Blake Griffin <laughs> It's definitely an advantage that they don't have a dominant Center as one of their best players Because yeah. that's been our weak spot Going against teams mm-hmm. like the Sixers Or the Bucks with Giannis Like a dominant guy in the paint So that's good for us I think they're very like guard and wing oriented Which I think we match up pretty well with honestly Because we could, you know, on paper match up With anyone yeah positions one through four so yeah i i i think it's i I, if this was a playing game i wouldn't see any trouble for the Nets. i think they would handle their business i agree with that and um,
0: one thing that i would be concerned about is patty mills against the hornets Uh, patty mills has been by his standards struggling a little bit from three and then also you know he Defense is not exactly his specialty. Yeah, nah. So with the Hornets being such like a guard dominant team with Lomelo and Terry in that backcourt, do you think that Patty Mills is going to be able to serve as big of
1: a role come one this game into playoff time? That's interesting because I think he can match up on Terry Rozier in the game. If Lomelo in the game and he has to guard of him, that's a really bad matchup for Patty Mills. He's yeah. just smaller. And is just quick, and, and assuming yeah. Ben Simmons returns,
0: do you think that since Lamelo is like their best player, do you think Simmons just goes on him, or do you think that they use Ben Simmons' size to maybe
1: Gordon Hayward? Yeah, probably Bridges. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like think of their starting lineup in my head, but I mean Kyrie Kyrie, could guard. Kyrie's my an life. underrated defender. He, yeah, he, he, he if he. You know he could win this individual matchup for sure, so mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about that. Him and Lomel is a uh, they've played against each other a few times now. He's he, that's a fun matchup to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think it's a mismatch with Kyrie guarding him, even though he's a little bit shorter. But yeah, I'd probably put Simmons on Bridges, just their most versatile player who can score outside and inside, um, and dunks on everyone. <laughs> so yeah, probably get a little bit of wait to push him around Mm -hmm. yeah so something
0: that i had noticed down the stretch in the game last night or yesterday afternoon was the nets inability to guard the switches it seemed like tatum could get any matchup he wanted at any time he ended up on a, a smaller guard virtually every possession down the stretch and he had no problem getting to the rim um what are the Nets doing wrong? What is, is Steve Nash failing the team right now, or is this something that just has to get sorted out on the court? Goran Dragic also mentioned the other day after the loss of the Heat that they're just not playing; they're not on the same page defensively. Like three, right. three of the guys might be um, like executing their switches properly, but then two, there's two players that are just like running around, kind. Of, Dude, don't think they're switching? Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So it's hard to say because I'm not in the huddle, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a few different ways to play ball screen coverage. You either switch it if you can have a, you know, if each player can guard the other player and switching isn't a problem, which I don't know why they were going to switch against Tatum when you're putting um, someone who can't guard him on him. Like it, he's just – I don't know if anyone was guarding him yesterday, but it definitely didn't help us switching ball screens i would have liked to see them either trap the ball screen like glitz it get mm-hmm. which means you know getting the ball out of his hands or just fighting through it um i mean i switching is just in, those, in that kind of situation someone's just torching you, it's kind of lazy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i don't know if steve nash was telling them to do something else and they just weren't li- like listening, or if he just it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to imagine that he just thought that switching was the best solution because mm-hmm. it just clearly wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what was going on in the huddle, but I would, I would have loved to see like some, some sort of switch up. It was just, it, it was tough to watch because you knew it was coming every time. Yeah. It, it really was.
0: Every time the Nets like seemed like they were cutting in to the lead a little bit, they said, the Celtics were just scoring baskets easier than the Nets. Uh, right, it would require like some Durant magic on the offensive end to score to end up being like a long two, something like that. And then the Celtics just frequently had open threes or just open layups.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, and I'll I'll say in in that situation like yesterday, I I definitely would not have switched it. I probably would have just tried to um. I probably would have blitzed the ball screen and tried to double-tate him, just get the ball in his hands as fast as possible and recover. You just can't give a guy like that just all the time in the world, one-on-one. Especially when you see, like, how hot he was yesterday. Like, something's got to change. Exactly. It's always seemed to be a problem under Steve Nash the past two years, just in-game adjustments. And I guess that comes with time, being coached, but, like, you'd like to see it soon. (laughs) Yeah, you you really would. So, uh, speaking
0: of which... While we're on the subject, I guess we should talk about the slate for this week. There's I'm going to pull th- it up. I believe there's three games uh, during this next week. Got yeah. the Hornets away tomorrow night. The 76ers away. Yeah, that's Thursday. That's on
1: Thursday. That one's on TNT. And then how
0: many against against the the on Sunday? Okay. So after we were both very off last week with our predictions let's let's try to recover a little bit would you like to go first
1: yeah i'm i'm gonna go both i i actually really liked what i saw from against the celtics what i what i saw from the nets i think it's small changes that they need to make just just defensively um i think this team is clustering around i'm gonna say i i think they're i think they're sleeping really i think we're going three now i don't Philadelphia on the road is obviously a really tough game, but um, I it's better than at home. <laughs> yeah, well that that's huge. Yeah, and the fact that um, I don't know, it, it almost feels like Durant has Embiid's number a little bit. I I just I, I kind of can see them going in Philadelphians, and, and it may not be pretty, but you know, sneaking out a win, and then Embiid kind of just being pissed off and like chucking the ball at the. I forgot that, that at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can see that. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that uh, That game's going to have a whole lot of storylines. Would have even one more if Ben Simmons was going to be playing in that oh, game. But the Nets will be playing against Harden for the first time. Just uh, We're going to be
1: playing pretty inspired.
0: Yeah, and then Seth Curry and Drummond will be yep. returning to Philadelphia. So... Definitely a lot to watch out for there.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. I,
0: I'm going to go with 1-2 and two for this week. Mm. I'm normally a very optimistic Nets fan, and I still do believe that they're going to make the playoffs. But right now, they're just not showing me enough where I should... I feel like I should be predicting them to win games against good teams. That's fair. Um, the Hornets game, that's going to be a tough game. Like, I wouldn't, obviously, wouldn't be surprised if we pull that one out. Um, 76ers, as a Nets fan, I want them to win that so badly. I would love to see nothing more than James Harden struggling them clamping him all game and Durant and Irving showing him what he's missing out on. Right. I'd love to see that. But right now with the way the 76ers are playing and the way the Nets are playing, I just can't have full confidence that that's going to happen. But sure. uh, last game of the week, the Knicks, that's at home. Uh, Kyrie Irving will not be able to play, but the Nets for the past couple of years, just, really don't lose to the Knicks. Kevin Durant is going to make sure that the Nets do not lose that game.
1: Especially if if they just lost two. Yeah,
0: exactly. If we lose (laughs) the first two games that week, um, Nets playoffs hopes will be on the line there, really. And it's really hard to imagine the Nets losing that one. So, yeah, I'm going to go with one and two. I think that's kind of the floor for this week. Okay. I really don't see them going over three um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they win more than one game but just the way things are going right now that's what I'm gonna go with
1: yeah no that's definitely more realistic probably than my guess but um you know I I don't know I always I'm, love I'm, the optimism I'm a, yeah it. I guess that's just that that's just me right now I'm just weirdly optimistic <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like this team is due it's just been a while um yeah, I, re- I really hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we've talked about past week with the Nets, some uh, current events. So I guess there's one thing that we haven't touched on, which is Joe Harris' officially being ruled out for the rest of the season. Right. How much do you think that is going to impact – the Nets as a playoff team because we weren't expecting him to come back anytime soon, but we held out a little bit of hope that he could come back.
1: I mean, he's a great player. So that Mm -hmm. hurts. Um, I mean, we've gone into it on here about, you know, how bad he played in the last playoffs. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard for me to stand up here and say that he, we're missing like a vital piece just because of how he performed last year. Not saying that would happen again, but, um, I think we've filled his role like pretty, pretty well with, you know, we have, we have shooters. We have Seth Kirk can knock down a three. Dragic can hit an open three. You got Cam Thomas, who hopefully he's fine. He can hit open shots. Um, I mean, we got, we got guys to fill his spot. Um, yeah. I, I, it definitely, it's definitely not, I don't, I don't think it makes too big of an impact, honestly, even though he's, he's a really good player. I think we do have players to fill his spot. Yeah, uh,
0: it was would definitely be tough to have a hundred percent confidence in him these playoffs after what happened in that Buck series last year. So I think that they'd probably miss him more right now down the stretch in the regular season than they would come playoff time. Because right now we just the Nets need every win that they can get, and I think that he's just an amazing three point shooter. Like he. He would just help them win ball games. Yeah, 100%. Sure. If this team got to the playoffs and like they all start to come together, I don't yeah. think his absence
1: at that point would be missed nearly I, as much. I agree. That's a good take. But uh, yeah, it sucks. And hopefully Joe Buckets gets better soon. Um, yeah, definitely miss watching him. Okay. So you talked about
0: how not clutch... Joe Harris was last playoffs.
1: Right.
0: So now I wanna talk about who is the most clutch Nets player that you have seen
1: in your time. Oh. Um I'm assuming Durant's not allowed as an answer. I'll allow it. <laughs> Am I just saying one one just one person that comes to mind? Yeah, just one player. I mean, if you're looking at like the actual best player the Nets I've ever had, it's Scott, it's Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to... show feels like a little bit of a cop-out answer right now. I'm going to dig a little deeper to think about this. Um, I
0: have mine ready, so I'm going to have to go with someone else. I have mine. Okay. You I think you're
1: thinking of the same person. As me. boy.
0: I think hey. most modern-day Nets fans are thinking
1: of the same person. I mean, it's got to be Judd Johnson, right? Yeah. Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, of These? course. I so Joe. I mean, oh my gosh. I think there was one week where he had, like, three game winners. Yeah, <laughs> He's just – yeah, he's different in the fourth quarter. You remember that uh, uh,
0: it's either double or triple overtime against the Bucks. Yeah. There was, like, multiple times where the Bucks had, like, open layups that in the game didn't end up happening. Is yeah. that like the
1: Brandon Knight
0: one? Yeah, yeah Brandon, Brandon Knight missed that out. open layup. And then um, Joe Harris – I'm trying to remember. It was over uh, Luke Bouchard and Bob Moutet. Yeah. I remember that. he That's hit crazy. The
1: game winner in either double or triple overtime jeez yeah i mean i just remember i remember there was like a, one week where he hit a game yeah. like every single game in the week and it was yeah yeah he, he's one of the best clutch players ever ever he gets slept on i think the there was one against
0: the pistons too if i remember right in that stretch <laughs> um, i don't i don't
1: remember the specific yeah. teams yeah that that was a fun time to be in that fan uh, yeah honestly i gotta give a shout out to vince carter too yeah he, he hit some he had some game winners back in the day too uh yeah, really clutch, three-pointer at the end of the game. He's done his whole career, mostly towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He had, like, that one playoff game under the Mavs. Like, he's he's a clutch player, too. So How about Devin out. Harris? <laughs> yeah. He's, I bet mean, I mean, that, that one, yeah, half-court yeah. buzzer beater. I mean, that, yeah, that should automatically put him in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's not a bad answer, either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like, Paul Pierce is clutch, but he never was for us, really.
0: Yeah, he had that series against... Uh, Against the Raptors, first round, yeah, uh, came up pretty clutch for us. We yeah. won in seven games. He had that block at the end of game seven, right, um, to seal the victory for us. But uh, definitely not going to praise Paul Pierce too much. Yeah, no. he has not had that many good things to say about the Nets organization since the leaving. So, uh, good
1: riddance to that former Celtic. Yeah, no, he was. He's he's just one of the my least. Favorite players yeah. ever definitely just oh i don't hey, think he's really liked by anyone outside the celtics but yeah yeah but uh enough paul pierce talk on this podcast yeah um trying to think of some other names that come to mind should we do uh
0: least clutch that's players some recent but yeah, about, yeah.
1: <laughs> i think i have kind of covered everyone that i've seen yeah uh least clutch hmm
0: Oh, also shout out DeAndre Russell on my oh, yeah. always Oh, he's in his fans.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Least clutch players. Let's see. I mean, I hate to do like it. It's, it has to be Joe yeah. Harris right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does. He just had so many opportunities to just hit an open three. And that series is ours last year against the Bucs. It's just, as much as I love him, it's just. Yeah, he really yeah. doesn't seem to hit any threes in like the last minute of the games. Got it, got it. Almost Katie and Kyrie are so clutch, too. Both yeah. Of them. They're both unreal. Um, so Joe Harris comes to mind. I'm trying to think of someone yeah. else. I have one. Um,
0: he had one incredible game, and I also just love this man for what he did in his time on the net, so I don't want to insult him too much but I'm going to have to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Uh, Despite that one game, that crazy comeback against the Rockets and James Harden, uh, and they ended up coming back with a 20-point deficit winning in overtime in Houston, Um, and Dinwiddie went absolutely insane that day. I just felt like he was so out of control for the most part. He, like he, was just, he was just trying to do too much towards the end of games. Just had, I don't know, he like, seemed like the nerves kind of got to him. He'd yeah. Just, too many balls just, like, thrown into the stands on crucial possessions. And,
1: no, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. He uh, he definitely had that tendency. Love you, Dinwiddie, though. We love you. <laughs> I will say um, – It's been great on Mavericks, by the way. So he, yeah, yeah, it's been good. I will say one more clutch player from before that I forgot okay. about was uh, – um. Yeah, I thought Darren Williams was pretty clutch in his time with the Nets. Yeah, I mean he,
0: that, that one game against the Celtics. He, you know that oh, uh, the guy in sand. the
1: stands that looked like a Josh Peck afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's really fun. Yeah, no, Darren Williams is one of the most underrated players of like this generation. Mm-hmm. He was a stud. I'm hmm, I'm trying to go another not clutch player. TLC was. I was honest, <laughs>
0: I don't know if he had the ball in his hands enough at, in closing time, but uh, when he did,
1: it was usually not pretty. Yeah. No. Was like I, it wasn't unclutch, but like for how long he was with the Nets, like Brooke Lopez. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Brooke yeah. Lopez, like no, not. He not, was not clutch. Like, no, like, <laughs> no, like. Once no, like, again, so, so much respect
0: to Brooke Lopez. I love Brooke Lopez. Of still, uh, the Nets' all-time leading scorer. Crazy. We'll see if that, how long that lasts with Kevin Durant on the team for the presumable future.
1: But. Yeah. but I, yeah that's really comes from like it's hard, it's hard to remember too far back when who's mm-hmm. on clutch. Yeah. There must be someone obvious that we're missing from the early 2000s, I'm assuming yeah for that, sure. uh, that I don't remember but um, yeah, that's that's really all I got for that. Oh I, I actually have one more <laughs> yeah stepped on guy
0: wasn't our primary uh, ball hander or anything like that, but he came up big in one playoff series that we ended up losing in five games, but still, uh, Mirza Toledovic.
1: Toledovic.
0: Mirza Toledovich was a Nets legend. was <laughs> the LeBron James stopper. Um, he was absolutely awesome in that series. That's funny. He shot lights out in a couple of those games. He was pretty much from three. He, he he got in their heads too. I uh, I vividly remember, uh, Couple fights in that series <laughs> that he was right in the middle of. She's so still in the league,
1: not that I know of, not that I know of. But uh, yeah, he was a, He was a laser. He was. He had a laser. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Just a random question I just thought of. Okay. Now that we're talking, about, I'm thinking about like old plays. What is the most like memorable dunk you think you've seen from the Nets Ooh. that comes to mind? Because I have one that like sticks out to me. Okay. Well. Two. I have two. I was actually at this game
0: that I'm about to say. So, um, yeah. But even if I wasn't, I think this would still probably be number one for me. Uh, At the old Continental Arena, Gerald Green catching a windmill windmill, lob. Yeah. You were there? I was there for that. I think I knew that, actually. Yeah. That's Um, crazy. That's something that I will never forget in my lifetime. I was probably like seven years old at the time. I have a terrible memory. I don't remember many things from when I was seven, but <laughs> I don't see that leaving my mind anytime. Soon. I think you're a little older than that probably. Maybe like eight or
1: nine. Yeah. But uh yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um I was trying to think. So that was one of mine for sure. Mm-hmm. And then this one goes way back. You know that you know that uh I don't even remember seeing it live. I just remember always watching the replay of it. That uh that Vince Carter one against the Heat. He like the Ball bounces out to him, he wraps it around his back and then just dunks on Alonzo Martin just all over yeah. his face. That's yeah. a that's a crazy dunk to me. Vintage VC, right? Oh there. my gosh, he's he's so much fun to watch. Those are two of the best like dunkers ever. Gerald Green, Gerald, and Gerald Green had yeah. insane bounce, yeah,
0: insane. Kind of missed having a for sure, someone like that on this current snap team. There's yeah,
1: there's no there's not really any high flyers like that, yeah,
0: I maiden. Like Nick Claxton can like get up, yeah. but it's like not as special seeing a big man do it. I as agree.
1: A guard. I agree. Um, yeah, you know, Gerald Green has nine fingers. I did not. You, know, you that. Didn't know that? You didn't know that? Are you serious? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> really? I think. Wait, I'm, right. I'm gonna
0: have to look this up right now you to, to confirm this. That.
1: Maybe, it's, maybe he's. I think he's missing like half a finger. That's a
0: pretty uh, outrageous thing to say if it's not true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't. Uh, there, there is some some truth to that. Okay. About to find you, out. You got to find well. this out. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the story goes. What do you see? He has nine full
0: fi- Oh, wait, that's Davis bertons Davis Pertons oh, has rather? nine full fingers? Damn.
1: I think he it was. says he f- lost
0: his finger on a while nerf- dunking.
1: Yeah, on like a Nerf hoop, I'm pretty sure. It got like stuck. Hmm pretty sure when he was, like, a kid, like, on yeah. a Nerf hoop, it got stuck. All
0: right, so for those of you that are curious, in sixth grade, when he was 11 years old, right. Gerald Green lost about half of his right ring finger while trying to dunk on a makeshift hoop. Right,
1: it got, like, stuck, mm-hmm. and then they had to, like, amputate, like,
0: half of it off. Right. He was wearing his mother's ring. And the ring got caught on a nail, and his finger was ripped to the bone, and led to an amputation. Okay, well, sorry for those gruesome details, but uh, pretty crazy, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, still dunking like that with nine fingers? That is pretty wild. Just makes him
1: all more special. Yeah, there's DeMarcus Burton's having nine fingers is kind of surprising too. Yeah, he's a amazing shooter. <laughs> yeah, huh? So uh, yeah, that's your fun fact of the two fun facts of the day. I guess yeah. <laughs> um yeah no i don't think i don't think i know any other players with nine fingers (laughs)
0: yeah well hopefully soon in the next few years we'll see a
1: guy with one arm in the nba oh my gosh he's he's pretty sick those highlights are unreal to watch so emmanuel that's the same or is that his last i don't know if you (laughs) reverse all right well we have to look up another we got to look this up yeah just hold on Hanso Emanuel, yeah, you're right, you're right. I want to make sure we didn't mess
0: that up. Yeah, he, because he deserves all the recognition he get. What Hanso Emanuel?
1: He's a junior in high school. He is. So he's 18 years old. Okay, so he might. might I guess he's a senior right now. He actually just got offered by Memphis recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So if you guys haven't heard of him or just haven't seen his highlight reel, make sure to look up Hanso Emanuel because. He's truly
1: inspiration to so many people. Just yeah, one, it doesn't seem possible what he what he does, and it yeah. like seems he he's it almost makes him unguardable because no, one, no one's used to it, and he just kind of perfected his craft. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty crazy to watch.
0: If Shout Hansel Emanuel could do it, he can with one arm. Then there's no excuses for this Nets team to not make the playoffs. <laughs> I, that's my
1: I, that's my point of view. I agree. I could not have said it better myself. I agree with that. We have thought. we have
0: two working arms from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They should be able to get, at least in a playing game. That, that should be enough ways <laughs> to do the trick. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much
1: it's all. A good all the, nut, it's good note to finish on? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Make sure to look up some Gerald Green dunks, some Hansel Emanuel highlights, some Mirza Sladovich highlights. I think those are the main takeaways from the podcast this main week. Takeaways? Yeah. No, I, I
1: couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah. That's, that's really all I got. Uh, let's see how this week plays out in three. Now Netsland. Let's do
0: it. Hopefully next week's podcast will be a little, uh, we'll have some more positive stuff to talk about. All right. Thank you all for tuning in to another ep- another episode of the bridge. We,
1: we really enjoy talking Nets with you guys every week. Um, yeah, no, I agree completely. i um, excited that uh, this is starting to get mm-hmm. going a little bit. Hopefully we uh, can be your guys' guide to the Nets making the playoffs and hopefully posting up a trophy at the end of the season, even though it hasn't seemed like that in recent weeks. But we're, we're, uh, uh, we're not giving up. We're not giving up yet. There's still some of the season left. So, Yeah. Um, our Twitter DM dms are
0: still open they are we uh look forward to hearing some feedback from you guys thank you